Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast. Today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to dive into, and this is going to be lower body movement patterns or lower body movements uh, in general that are in each client's program for building muscle. Last week I did upper body, so make sure you go check that episode out. I believe that is going to be episode 314. I'm just double checking on this. Episode 313, I apologize. That is going to be that episode there on that for the upper body. Before I dive into this topic, I just have a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you're sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your... We also find that there's at least one to two bottlenecks outside of the training and nutrition protocol that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. So if you're interested in that, the link is in the show notes. You can also reach out to me if you have any questions on it as well. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple months. Link Again, the link to that is in the show notes. If you want to learn more about Body Recomp, I have my 75-minute masterclass on Body Recomp, what it is, how to do it, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. Next, if you you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on there. And then lastly, if you have found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating review and that will help more people find uh, this podcast. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic. So I think a lot of people get confused in terms of what should be in in your leg training, right? I remember when I first started working out early on, it was people do exercises, you know what hits what, but it's, hey, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Am I potentially missing out on things? What are the most important things, right? So that's what we're going to figure out in in today's today's episode. We're going to figure out what... What cat like what movement patterns, not exactly exact exercises. I'll go over some examples for you, but what movement patterns, things like that that you need to just have an overall developed lower body, glutes, hamstrings, quads, calves, things like that. And so I break this down into three separate categories. Okay. So we have our staples. These are things that need to be in each client's program, right? So it's hey, if you're short on time, these two are at least in there. Then we have the next category is going to be in most programs, but it's based on time, right? So again, this is going to be most of them. And then the, the third category is going to be based on time and preferences, right? So if you have maybe a particular muscle group that you want to build, hey, here's what we would add in. But you also, that's considering that you also have the time for it, right? So maybe you don't have time. So it's you can only do movements from the first two categories. Again, if you do that, you're still going to have a great solid foundation. Even if you barely have any time that you can dedicate to working out, it's like, Hey, I need to make the most out of the time I have. Then we would obviously work from the, the staples aspect of it. I'm going to go over each of these movements and in the typical volume uh, for each, right? So again, lower body movements that are in each client's muscle building program. So we're going to start with the staples, right? Cause these are going to be the most important. Like I just said, these are going to be the exercises that if you're super short on time, you just have to be, you have just really have to maximize what you can these are going to be the ones you want in there. So that first staple movement is going to be some sort of squat pattern. Okay. So we want, I, I make sure I include at least one squat pattern exercise in each client's program. 
The goal for this is to make it a little bit more quad dominant. So having the knees come forward slightly based on mobility, if there's any knee pain is what we try to do here, right? So I've definitely changed to using more like heel elevated stuff uh, because that can really help you hit the quad a little bit more versus like when we're flat footed, it makes it a little bit more like hip dominant, um, which isn't a bad thing. But again, we're trying to figure out how can we get a well-balanced program here? So with these squat movements, ideally we would make these a little bit more quad dominant by having some sort of heel elevation, but then also driving those knees forward. And again, I know for some people that can cause some knee pain. So you have to obviously make sure you have the mobility and you have to make sure that there's not any pain. If there is pain, we need to work through that. We need to work through a pain-free range of motion. So some exercise examples would be back squat, right? That's the first one that people that comes to mind. So the back squat's fine. Again, heel elevation would probably make it a little bit better, a little bit more quad dominant. That's a great overall movement to have in your program. I do less of those just because it, there's a high skill, like technique aspect to it that can take away from the, like the muscle growth aspect of it. Still a good exercise. I also think that the injury risk is a little bit higher with it as well. And it just, you have to really use a lot of muscles for that, like for that exercise, which Again, if you don't have a lot of time, that probably is a good exercise to use. But if we do have the time, maybe we want to isolate things just a little bit more than with that, right? So another example would be a leg press, a pendulum squat, a hack squat. Again, these are all squat patterns. Maybe they're not a back squat, but they're squat patterns. So we want to make sure we have at least one of those movements in each program. Now, the downside to squat patterns is that it does not effectively hit hit the rectus femoris, right? That quad muscle in the middle, right? And it doesn't really hit the hamstrings. Now, depending on what movement you do and your mobility and things like that, it may hit the glutes a little bit, but again, it's not going to be great at hitting that like middle quad muscle and the hamstring. So we'll kind of park that for now, but just want to plant that seed in there for you. Because of that, we will need to make sure those muscle groups are hit. And that's that seed that I'm planning for later. A squat pattern will hit the glutes somewhat, like I mentioned, they are a great lower body exercise, but for maximal muscle development, they aren't the only thing you can hear. Oh, you just need to squat and build you'll build big legs. Yeah. You'll have really good development of your legs. You're not going to have that full development, right? It's going to be missing out on some hamstring. It's okay for the glutes and you're not going to hit the rectus for more. Again, this is like I said, I'm planting that seed there. So typical volume on this is going to be anywhere from six to 15 sets a week and usually done through two to three movements. So maybe you do a some sort of squat, like variation. It can be like, depending on the person, it could be heel elevated back squat. It could be heel elevated something else, a leg press. Maybe you also throw a pendulum squat in there, right? Or maybe you do a hack squat and a pendulum squat. Again, we have a lot of uh, different options we can go here with that. So that's the first staple, right? So the next staple is going to be a hip hinge movement. Okay. So this is the hip hinge is a hip dominant movement pattern. It's not knee dominant, right? So we're not going to be hitting the quads uh, in this movement. This is going to be more the posterior chain, the backside, right? This movement is super important because it loads the posterior chain, hammies, glutes, erector spinae, that erector spinae being that muscle that kind of runs alongside your spine. And that's that gets hit a lot with like bracing and stuff like that, right? But when you load like things like RDLs, bent over rows, stuff like that. However, the hip pinch does not do a great job of hitting the short head of the biceps femoris, which is a muscle in your hamstring, right? Because of that, it might be a good idea to include some hamstrings, hamstring curls. Again, I'm planning a seed there more on this later. Um, some example movements here are going to be things like Romanian deadlifts. Again, different variations of it, single leg, barbell, dumbbell, machine, whatever it may be. Um, good mornings are another good hip pinch movement. And so the typical volume here is going to be you know, it's going to be relatively low. I said in the post two to six sets, it could probably be two to eight sets. And we're going to do this in one or two movements. I think anything more than that, be because of the way the hamstrings are, it just can add a lot of fatigue and they don't need a lot of work to get super damaged. That's why like a lot of people complain of sore hamstrings. And I'm sure anybody that's done RDL can relate that. Yeah. You, 
does get my hamstring sore pretty easily. So because of that, we don't want to just load up on hip hinge work, which is a good thing, right? Because we can get away with less. So you could see where shoot with six sets of six to 10 sets of six, 15 sets of quads, the, the squat pattern, two to six sets of the RDLs. It's, and that's all the time that when maybe you don't have very much time, it's boom, your legs are going to be pretty well developed, right? We're going to be missing out on a few minor details, but for the most part, your legs are going to be fairly developed if you can just do those two things, right? Which is good. Cause again, if you don't have a lot of time, that really helps you out there. All right. So now we're going to do movements based on time. So again, it's okay. Staples, we have those down. Maybe you do have the time to add in more. So it's like, what do I do now? From here, we're going to do these movements. So knee extension. So the common exercise here is a leg extension, but you can also do things like a sissy squat, right? These are going to be where you're, it's going to, these two are going to hit the rectus femoris, right? I'm not sure if a sissy squat would necessarily be a knee extension exercise. Again, I'm not, biomechanics is not my like strong suit by any means, but either way, I know that I do know that it is going to hit the, the rectus femoris, that, that muscle in the middle of the quads, which is not going to get hit in your squat pattern, at least not very well. So this is going to help with overall quad development. You can go without it, but it's smart to include in your programming. I'll have to say that this was one area of my quads. It wasn't pretty underdeveloped because I fell into that. Oh, you just got to do big compound lifts for your legs. Right. So then I didn't really do very much leg extension or sissy squats. And since throwing those in, I've seen a massive development in, in that rectus femoris. So I think it's super smart to make sure that you keep, you throw this in. So again, typical volume is going to be about two to eight sets in one to two movements, right? We don't need to do three, four, five different movements, right? Leg extension, sissy squats, boom, you're good to go. And honestly, you could probably just get away with leg extensions. So that's the first one. Next is going to be knee flexion, right? So we're flexing the knee. So flexing at the knee. So this is going to be more posterior chain, more hamstring. So knee flexion would be something like a lying or seated leg curl. This can be a great way to further develop your hamstrings as hip hinges do not hit the short head of the bicep femoris. Um, a study did find that seated leg curl may be more effective at building muscle in the hamstrings than the lying leg curl. So if you have that option, you might want to stick with the seated uh, leg curl on that. Again, typical volume is going to be relatively low, two to four sets. And we're going to do this in one movement. We don't need to do lying leg curls plus seated leg curls, plus something else. Like we just need to be super, like we, we don't have to hammer away at, at these things. And again, the hamstrings we know can get pretty damaged from training. Again, this is going to help overall. This is going to help overall leg development. So the third is going to be single leg slash lunge, right? You can make these either more glute, quad or glute focused based on goals, preferences, and needs. Again, about two to six sets a week, one to two movements. Again, these come with a pretty you can get pretty sore from these. So we don't want to just hammer weight the volume on this. Obviously you may fall outside of this range, but I would start here. But again, a single leg lunge is, it's going to be how we go about it. If it's going to be more posterior chain focus or, or like quad focus is just going to be dependent on goals and what you want to do there and preferences as well. So again, a single leg lunge is another thing we would add it, add in. Again, how do you make it more quad dominant? This is going to be where you're more like, you can do heel elevated for that front foot and you just push that knee forward versus like up and down, if that makes sense. You're still going to go down, but it's more, you're going to push yourself forward a little bit as well too, to really drive that knee forward. So that's it on the second category, right? So now category three is going to be based on needs once time. So maybe you don't necessarily have a ton of time, but you do have a priority of, okay, I want to build my glutes. Then you would probably want to dip into this and make sure this gets put in there. But if you're somebody that you don't have a lot of, we don't really care about your glutes and you're fine with the first two, then you don't really need to add any more here with this. This is again, based on needs once in time. So hip, hip extension slash glute stuff. I just put that 
glute stuff. Glutes get hit well with squat pattern, hip hinges, and some single leg work. So adding in more glute work is going to be based on preference needs. Some example exercises would be like your hip thrust, your glute bridge, your kickbacks. Again, typical volume is going to be about two to six, two to six sets a week in one to two movements. Again, you don't need to do 30 sets of glutes. You don't need to do five to 10 movements. Again, maybe over time you start to add a little bit more and then there's periods of time where maybe you dip into that a little bit more because I know there's probably some glute programs out there that are super high volume like that. And some people may respond very well to that. But in most situations, two to six sets is going to be solid here with this for the hip extension glute stuff. And then lastly, we have calf stuff. So if you want to improve your calves, then it's important you train them, right? You do need to train your calves if you want them to grow. So that's why I say based on preference. But if you don't really care about them, then why it's not like you have to train them. They'll they'll get hit a little bit walking and, and stuff like that. So I prefer a straight leg calf raise where you're standing as your main calf movement, but you can throw in some bent knee raises. Think things like seated calf raise for overall development if you aren't happy with your calves by going just straight leg. So you can throw that in. Again, volume is pretty low here. You could do anywhere from like three to 10 sets, two to 10 sets a week. And again, in one to two movements, I don't think you need to do much more than that. The calves, like again, people think you need to just do this massive amount of calf work and you really don't have to. Again, two to six set, two to 10 sets is going to be where we're at in one to two movements. I would say some tips here for the calves, really focus on that period of time. So obviously I'm on a video here, so you can see this a little bit more, but when you're at the bottom, when you're like, if your foot was like this, so you're at the bottom, that's where you want to spend a little bit more time. Cause that's going to be the length and position for the calves. Now where you come up and you push up, that's where you don't really have to spend as much time. That's not, that's going to be the shortened position for, for the calves. Uh, so you don't, so if we're going to like rest, we want to rest when we're in that length and position there at the bottom and then slowly go down, really controlled on the way down, get a good deep stretch and then explode up and then slow on the way down. What, what do you typically see happen? People just bouncing up and down and they just aren't really hitting that eccentric portion, the length and portion of aspect of the calves. And they just have underdeveloped calves. They do too much weight and they're just, just throwing weight around for no reason. So really slow it down, get a good stretch at the bottom, drive up, slow on the way down, get a good stretch and you'll... I guarantee you, you'll see calf uh, development there on that. That rounds it out. That's going to give you that that well-developed lower body. We're going to hit everything here. So again, base it on basis on how much time you have. Start with the staples, then do the second category, and then based on preference and whatnot, hit that. You go into that third category. That's it for this episode. I hope this was helpful. If you guys have any questions on this, let me know, and I will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.